Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Welcome to Authenticated on a busy week in the world of NASCAR. Coming off of Dover Motor Speedway, which Mother Nature uh, made last one day longer than expected over the weekend and uh, headed into an exciting weekend at Darlington Raceway. The official throwback weekend of NASCAR is coming up and lots of news and excitement in the week that has been and a lot to look forward to as well this coming weekend at Darlington. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Matt Kenfield, Content Marketing Manager at Lionel Racing, and we've got a show that's going to touch on just about everything from the NASCAR Cup Series, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, NASCAR Xfinity Series, and we have a driver in studio today that's racing in all three of those series this season. That's right, folks. Ryan Priest, Connecticut driver, modified graduate, now uh, making a name for himself in the NASCAR scene as he has over the last few years. Uh, He will be with us in studio here on Authenticated just a little bit later on in the show. Looking forward to that. And uh, we're going to bring you all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, And Carlene Marginian is joining us as well on the show here this weekend. And uh, Dover was uh, was interesting, uh, to say the least. There was a lot going on there on uh, Monday afternoon. There's always a lot going on at Dover. I mean, when you name something the Monster Mile, you know it's going to be an entertaining race, regardless. For sure, and, and it definitely was that a busy weekend at Dover. And Alex, I know uh, Darlington Throwback Weekend means a lot to you. You've been there at that race uh, a number of times, and uh, uh, it's really cool to see all these throwback paint schemes that we're offering in diecast form, too. I love seeing all the throwbacks, and then the drivers have and the crew have the uniforms to match, and then everybody else is getting in with the theme. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year just to see how you know people get into it, and it's awesome. Before we talk about what's to come at Darlington Raceway, let's recap everything that happened at the Monster Mile up next on Authenticated. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but the Hendrick Motorsports Brigade was really strong at Dover Motor Speedway. Yeah, it happens a lot. It's happened for a long time since the Jeff Gordon, the Jimmy Johnson days, and uh, it's continuing into 2022 as Chase Elliott picks up the victory. First win of the 2022 season, and I'll ask you ladies, uh, who had Chase Elliott being the last HMS driver to win a race on their bingo card this year? Not me. I did, yeah. It, uh, it it took Chase a while, but I mean, he. It, so I'm seeing a lot of things on social media, you know, and that's kind of been the big thing. It's his first win of the year, right? It took him this long to get into victory lane where, you know, it's okay. I mean, it means it's a competitive series. It should take somebody that long to get into victory lane, even somebody at Chase's caliber. But the guy's been leading the points pretty much the entire season too. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's been crappy he hasn't sucked he's been consistent right extremely yeah and i had honestly if he didn't win by the fourth of july race like he dominated last year in that race so i figured by then he'd be good to go so it was only a matter of time for him really right 
and, and it's it's really impressive to see no matter what iteration of the NASCAR Cup Series car it is, HMS just has Dover figured out. Uh, you know, Jimmy Johnson seemed to win there every single time, and you know, and, and it's continued. I know Bowman's won there, and and now Chase a couple of times has won at Dover. It's uh, it really speaks to the strength of the Hendrick Motorsports operation to continue that success at one racetrack that's kind of you know it's kind of unheard of uh, really and 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 they're like twice as many wins as an organization to the next highest one which i think is joe gibbs racing and you know you figure kyle bush and denny hamlin and martin truex they've won there a bunch but hms has won there twice as many times that's pretty impressive and the fact that dover was one of the tracks that everyone was waiting probably the last kind of track on the circuit with the new car people were wanting to see how the racing would play out and you know that in Martinsville, you know, HMS just came out swinging. Those were two tracks. People were very anxious to see how the car would run, and they dominated. And well, let's talk about that. How did the car run? In in, in y'all's mind, you know, we all watched the race. Uh, we were able to watch it on a Monday, which was kind of cool. When you were able to work and also watch the race at the same time, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, but you know, the racing itself. Did the new car help at Dover? Because obviously Dover lost a race and now, you know, they're down to one race now. And, um, you know, it's it's going, I know it's under the SMI umbrella right now, but there's always those talks, right? You know, you think of Dover and Pocono, there's always those talks that you know, they might, they have one race, maybe they'll have no races here pretty soon. But did the new car help at Dover in your mind? Was it a better quality of race with the new next-gen car? I feel like, yes. I mean, you can always expect that tire wear and for someone to get spun out at certain points. And it seemed to happen a lot there in the middle. Um, But it's such a track that you need strategy for, right? And I think with the next gens, the racing is already great. Add in that strategy aspect of it. And I thought it was super entertaining. I had a blast watching it. I'm going to be opposite of that. I thought it it was awful. (laughs) It was just like Martinsville. It ruined it. Interesting. I hate the dominant. I know it's racing and people, but I hate when one person laps the field. It just, it makes me want to turn the station, but that's not, you know, what I do. But I, as far as short tracks go or, you know, smaller tracks on the circuit with the new car, you know, you can throw Bristol dirt out of there because that's just a yeah, that whole count. thing that's in itself. So the fall race will be, you know, another one to watch. But I just, I think that the next gen car has ruined short tracks. Interesting. You know, it's I think we all had high hopes that it would make it better uh, across the board. Right. And I think with the tire wear and and I think the drivers and when we excuse me, when we talked to Ryan Priest later on, um, you know, he's driven twice in this new next gen car. He's driven it at the Los Angeles Coliseum and now at Dover. He's certainly far more equipped to answer that question than we are. Um, but it, it'd be interesting to get his take on it as well. Um, you know, the, the tire wear and how much more he has to hustle his car compared. You know, it looks like the guys are hustling their cars more to get them to turn and all that um, from from a bystander standpoint. But, you know, Ryan, Ryan will be a great one to uh, pick the brain of to figure out how these cars are operating and, uh, you know, how different it is compared to the previous generation of NASCAR uh, Cup Series car. So bottom line is, you know, I I think that there's still some bugs to be worked out with this car, especially when it comes to aerodynamics and and things like that. And I, I think overall, the product, I don't feel like it's gotten any worse. 
I'm not sure that it's gotten a whole lot better. You know, it's just for all the things that have been that are different and new. The only thing that's not really new is the excitement level. And that's just my opinion. You know, you're, you're certainly watching for the strategy and the drama and things like that, right. which would have been no matter what type of car. They can be racing wheelbarrows. There's still going to be, you know, strategy calls and who's going to be the best at the end. That's what it's going to come down to that last money pit stop. Right. Uh, that would happen regardless of what type of race car it is. But when it actually comes to side by side driving and racing and, you know, guys beating and banging, rooting and gouging and stuff like that it's not there yet. Um, maybe it will be, hopefully it will be. Cause, uh, you know, we definitely want to see uh, more excitement. Um, but in the other cool part about that is as much as the racing necessarily hasn't been a home run compared to what, you know, it could have been TV viewership is up, you know, there's still lots of butts in the seats at the racetrack and there's still people buying t-shirts at the souvenir stand and buying die cast and all that stuff. So, you know, for as many people are out there saying, oh, yeah, the racing's not as good, the racing sucks, whatever. Nobody's turning the channel, you know, like you just said, Alex. Now, you're not either, right? No, like, you're, I mean, you're not finding something better to do on a Sunday afternoon. You're still going and watching the race. So, you know, as hopefully that momentum and that snowball keeps getting bigger and bigger so that more and more people are tuning in because there's more and more things to watch. Correct. So, uh, and I think, you know, one one way to kind of determine be a good litmus test for where we are as a race car and you know in the season of course is at darlington because uh, that's the kind of racetrack that you know for lack of a better term you know separates the men from the boys you gotta you gotta hang it all loose there you gotta you know beat and bang off the wall you gotta uh you know you gotta be aggressive that's not one where you can just kind of pace yourself uh, at darlington you, you gotta make stuff happen there uh so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to to see how everything shakes out at Darlington. And, you know, I, and I'll just say, and I know we talked about how Dover is kind of always going to be one of those tracks that are in flux, right? It's not in a major market. It's not, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a lot of things. We'll put it that way. Um, but as a native New Englander from the Northeast, we've got New Hampshire that's lost a race. You know, we've got Pocono that's lost a race. And there's nobody building a new super speedway in New York or Massachusetts or anything like that. So to lose another race up in the Northeast would really kind of, you know, hurt me a little bit. You know, it hurt a lot of fans that I know are probably listening to the show right now, uh, wanting to hear from Ryan Priest that are from that part of the country, too. And they don't want to see NASCAR more NASCAR races taken away from that region. Uh, so, you know, that's. That's glass half empty stuff. Yeah, hopefully we never get to that point because I want to see more racing in the Northeast. And and that is a passionate fan base for sure. But you do have one of the best road courses up in the Northeast. Correct. In Watkins Glen. Right. Yeah, you're 100% accurate there. But, you know, the, the short track scene in New England, I will put up, you know, even here in the Carolinas where we've got some great short tracks, you know, weekly programs and nothing in the entire country. And I've been to more than almost 200 short tracks uh, around the country uh in, in in over my over the years and there is no better place to watch stock car racing modified racing whatever it is short track racing in general than in new england because you've got great places like stafford motor speedway you got the uh, new london waterford speed bowl you've got wall stadium in new jersey you got riverhead raceway on long island new york uh lee usa speedway in new hampshire the seekonk speedway massachusetts i know i'm blowing your mind you guys You're flexing right now you have yeah. never <laughs> even heard of these places <laughs> well but i promise you if you go to that region on a friday or saturday night because we, we out here in the carolinas like we're kind of 
you know, when it comes to weekly short track racing, we know Bowman Gray, right? Because, you know, there's always fights and there's people cussing at each other, flipping each other off and cars are flipping around the racetrack. And, you know, it's the WWE of short track racing. That's not pure short track racing. It's a great entertainment, you know, venue. Uh, but as far as racing venue, that's not it. But you go up to the Northeast, these guys are racing for their lives. They're racing to put, you know, they're not going to making any money, but you know what? They're hopefully buying tires to go back next week and go do that. Well, that's why I liked that the SRX series started running those tracks too, yes. to give them more recognition. And then you had the one gentleman who raced modifieds up in the Northeast, I believe. And yeah. then he won the race in the SRX series. So it, exactly. Kind of brings attention to those tracks. And so they're not kind of lost in the shuffle of just the local. Now they're right. on the big stage. And we're, we're going to talk to Ryan about that in just a little bit, because it came down to he and uh, Matt Hirschman, who is a, uh, second generation modified star in the Northeast that came down to the spring sizzler at Stafford Speedway. The winner of that race got a guaranteed spot in the SRX race at Stafford this July. And uh, we'll talk to Ryan about how he came up just a little bit short, which is probably going to hurt his feelings that we're bringing up a race that he didn't win. But uh, there's not a whole lot of modified races that Ryan didn't win uh, in the last few times that he's been in the, you know, behind the wheel of his modified, but we'll talk about more uh, on that subject in just a little while. And, um, before we get to that, though, let's uh, let's circle back just a little bit to uh, what we've got coming up at Darlington Raceway. Um, we've released a lot of throwback paint schemes uh, in diecast form in the last week or so, and we got a lot more to come. Uh, so I'll pick your brains. I'll put you both on the spot. The ones that we have released to date. What's your favorite throwback scheme? Favorite throwback diecast that uh, you feel like we've we've thrown out there so far. I love Corey LaJoy's. You took mine. I knew I would too. But <laughs> it is just so original looking. And he always does such a great job at picking a good throwback, a great driver to throw it back to, all the history that goes behind the car. And I know there's some debate on if it's pink or if it's purple. I'm going to call it magenta, but it is a sweet looking car. Absolutely. I have to agree with Carlene. That one is also my favorite. I, I like it. I think, uh, you know, pretty soon here we're going to be releasing some really cool ones. You know, the ones that have been released so far are really good. We've got even more cool ones to come here. Um, but I, I hate to keep uh, uh, bringing up the Ryan Priest stuff. And I'm not saying this because he's in the room because he's not in the room yet. But uh, his Reggie Ruggiero, we just talked a lot about modified race. And his Reggie Ruggiero throwback that he's running in the truck series race at Darlington is by far my favorite because that is my all-time favorite. You, you tell me cup formula one street stocks mini stocks modified you tell me you ask me what my favorite paint scheme of all time was it's the reggie ruggiero teddy bear pools number 44 mario fiore owned modified that ryan priest is running a throwback to i know i sound like a total the nerd right is now. On you don't understand when i get to talk modifieds and especially like early 90s modifieds like when i was you know when i was growing up when i was my son's age starting to go to the racetrack and you know really get into modified racing that was my favorite car. It had pool waves on it. Like when you're that is pretty cool. When you're nine, ten years old, you see a car with pool waves on it, and it, and it was Teddy Bear Pools because mm -hmm. the guy who owned it, his name was Teddy Teddy Hebert, and who owned Teddy Bear Pools. So you put a teddy bear and waves on a car, and a 10-year-old kid's going to be like, dude, that's my car. 10 out of 10. Right. No one can see Matt's face right now, but he is ecstatic. Like yeah. the biggest smile, talking with his hands. He is excited. I'm and excited. I love to see it. I'm here for it. <laughs> but uh, all right, so while we're there uh, at Darlington, 
what are your expectations for that race? Do you feel like we're going to see kind of one of those new first time winners that we, you know, we've had a few of already this year. Some of the guys that maybe hadn't won races previously that are starting to show some strength in Ross Chastain, something like that. Uh, even though he has already won a couple of races, but you know, he hadn't won before. Um, are we going to see more of those kind of newcomers or is this going to be one of those races where it's kind of the old guard doing their thing? Old guard. Definitely. Yeah. You said I, you um, separate. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying, I have um, very low expectations for Darlington because last year, throwback, it was the Martin Truex show. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So I oh. am not going in with the highest of hopes, but I hope it proves me wrong. And it's hard to pass at Darlington, so I'd like to see how this new car does with the passing because the grooves aren't that high. You know, they're not that wide. You have a very small amount of track to get to. And, you know, like you said, it separates the men from the boys. So... You know, it's, it's going to be quite a show. And I, I mean, I hope to see someone new, but I definitely think it's going to end up being someone who's either won before or who's been around for a while. Let's circle back a little bit to Dover. And uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the race win die cast of Chase Elliott's Napper num- Napa number nine. That's a lot of N's and R's. Mm, engine, and Napa. engine number nine. Exactly. <laughs> the Napa number nine that went to victory lane at Dover Motor Speedway. A lot of confetti fell on that car. And uh, we've got a bunch of uh, special finish die cast. I know we've got uh, the raw finish and a bunch of other ones that we don't necessarily always offer on race wins. So this is going to be something uh, flash coat finish, which is one of my favorites as well and uh, if you're not familiar with the special finishes and what they are and what they look like check out lionelracing.com and check out Di- uh, diecast 101 link at the top of the page uh, you can see some videos about uh, what these special finishes look like the cars are a little dated right now because we did a few years ago uh, we're working on new ones with these next gen cars uh, as we get more of them in we'll showcase more of them but uh, at least you can tell what the what the cars will look like uh, in in their special finishes uh, some really beautiful uh, special finish elites that are available at lionelracing.com right now uh that said also back to dover uh i was uh happy to see um josh barry go to victory lane in that tire pros number eight and uh we talk about hendrick motorsports uh domination uh at dover and well their uh little sister i guess you could say little brother team at jrm in the xfinity series certainly showed uh, their strength this past week as well yeah, domination from both Justin Allgaier and uh, Josh Berry. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I heard them talk about a few other people, but it's usually those two's names who were just mentioned throughout the whole broadcast. And then, you know, finish one, two, I believe. So, yep. Uh, I think Ty Gibbs was the only non JRM driver in the top five. So, mm-hmm. um, Sam Mayer uh, showing some strength as well, which is good to see. Because, uh, like you said, Alex, it's it's usually Barry and Allgaier and, and Gregson, too. Yes. Uh, well, and Gregson won the dash for cash for him, exactly. too. So they kind of got a triple threat there on Saturday. $100,000 to the JRM team. That's uh, not a shabby, shabby day's work by any means. But, uh, again, uh, we talk about things that don't always happen in race wins. Uh, Josh Barry's Xfinity Series win also had confetti normally tracks don't shoot off confetti for the truck and xfinity because they want to keep victory lane nice and tidy for the cup series and then they go crazy because they got you know months and months to clean it all up right uh but uh kudos to dover motor speedway for shooting off confetti on uh, josh barry's car they went all out this weekend now that they're down to one race they had like wrestling out in the fan zone they did confetti for the xfinity race they had um like people doing like high climbs on towers dover did not let the fans down Never does. And, and, you know, these racetracks these days have to be more of an entertainment 
venue than just putting on a 400, 500 lap race, where, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you've got to give something for the kids to be entertained by because, you know, hopefully there's new fans coming to this race. You can't just let them show up and, you know, sometimes it's a great race, sometimes it's not. And that could easily turn on or off a new fan. But if you even if you see kind of a lackluster race, but there is some entertainment there. There's some, you know, interesting musical acts or there's something on the midway or the fan zone beyond, you know, the souvenir trailers are awesome. Um, but at least to have some kind of interactivity for the kids to be involved in and, and you know, especially some of the not kids, but say the teenagers, 20 year old crowd, um, to get them excited about it too. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm in a room with, you know, kind of the target demographic for stuff like that. Right. Because, you know, you were all new fans at some point, you know, and you need more than just cars going around in circles when you go to the racetrack. Absolutely. So uh, kudos to Dover Motor Speedway and all their entertainment. And uh, undoubtedly, Darlington Raceway will put on a great event this weekend as well. Three series, the Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. Bunch of throwbacks. And uh, if you haven't seen uh, the the onslaught of... uh, the throwback diecast that we've made available at lionelracing.com. Definitely check that out now because there's some really cool ones and you won't want to miss those because uh, once once we close off sales on those, they're not going to be available again. So if you want, if you see a car on track or a truck on track this weekend, uh, make sure you get that order in as soon as possible because uh, they're going to look great in your collection. We'll talk more about what other great diecasts we have available for you up next on Authenticated. This week in Fresh Paint, we've got a lot of Darlington throwbacks and some non-throwbacks here to bring them all to you that you can order at LionelRacing.com, our own Carleen Marginian. Yes, Darlington week is upon us, and we've got a couple new Fresh Paints going out this week. We've got the Chase Briscoe number 14 Mahindra Tractors throwback. It's a throwback to the Tony Stewart Indy 500 and Coke 600 uh, when he ran Two races in one day, like a madman. So we've got that coming up for you. We've got the Cole Custer, number 41, Haas Tooling throwback, which is a Jason Leffler throwback. The Kyle Larson, number 500cars.com throwback, which is a Tim Richmond throwback. It's that clean white car with the big stars on the side. White cars just really do it for me. This is a sweet car, in my opinion, so definitely check that one out. We've got the Corey LaJoy, number 7, Stacking Pennies throwback, which is a Marty Robbins throwback. There's some debate. Is it pink? Is it purple? I'm calling it magenta. You guys let us know on social what you're calling it. Uh, And we've got the Ryan Priest, number 17, United Rentals throwback truck. It's a Reggie Ruggiero throwback. It's got really cool pool waves on the side. And I always really like to see how schemes are adapted to the trucks because the bodies are obviously different than just a regular cup car. I think they did a great job with this one. So if you haven't seen that one yet, definitely go take a look at it. In terms of non-throwbacks that we've got this week, we've got the Brad Kozlowski, number six, Castrol Sustainability, the one that he ran at Talladega, that all white, as I just stated. I love a good white car. And this one is offered in color chrome, which I think is just going to look chef's kiss. Uh, We've got the Kevin Harvick number four Ream 500th race car. Um, He's doing it for Darlington throwback. Is it a throwback? Again, you guys let us know. I'm super curious because we've got some debate here for that as well. No. (laughs) We've got the Ross Chastain Daniel Suarez GoPro. Um, The twinning but not twinning cars. They did the black and the white with the metallic. Looked amazing and were able to offer it in that dual autograph with Justin Marks. 
Also, in terms of dual autographs, we got the Jeffrey Earnhardt number three Forever Lawn Xfinity. He won the pole for Talladega, huge deal for him, came in second, which I believe is a personal record for him. And it's a dual autograph with him, as well as America's crew chief, Larry Mack. So definitely get that one added to your collection if you don't have it pre-ordered yet. I'm going to stop you there, and uh, kudos to Alex for putting that together. That was a... That was a lot of hustling to make that dual autograph happen, wasn't it? You have no idea. So, it was a lot of working pieces, but and it took a lot longer. People were still asking for it. Trust me, it was in the works all along. It just, we had to wait, but thank you for being patient, and we finally got it out there. So hope you pre-order one. Golf claps to you, Alex. It's a great-looking <laughs> car. I'm excited to see it. We also have the JRM number 88 HendrickCars.com Xfinity that Elliot, Byron, and Larson will be racing in a plethora of upcoming races. So definitely check that out. The Kyle Busch number 51 Safe Light white truck. The Haley Deegan number one Waste Quip truck, which is her first 2022 truck that we were able to offer. So that'll be a great addition. And lastly, we've got the Keith McGee number 43 Vulcan towing truck. He raced that truck at the Bristol Dirt Race, which always is really exciting in itself. So that's a great talk piece but on top of that he is a wounded veteran and also the only current active driver from alaska so such a unique truck to add to any collection definitely check those out if you haven't already on our website we've got them posted on our social channels check it out with any of our authorized dealers and also if you don't like any of those options you can give our awesome call center a call those ladies are always just waiting and ready to talk to all you guys so definitely hit up one of those options and this just in, we've got uh, some race versions from the Bristol Dirt Race as well. Chase Elliott's uh, Kelly Blue Book Cup car will be available, a race version die cast, as well as his number seven HendrickCars.com Silverado that he ran with in the truck race at Bristol. Those are now available as well for order, so definitely pick those out. Uh, I threw that curveball to you because it literally just came through my email as you were speaking, Carlene. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Uh, fans, definitely p- uh, check out those race win or r- those raced version Chase Elliott cars because uh, we know how many Chase Elliott fans are out there. And uh, Carlene mentioned the Keith McGee truck, and uh, we did a Brad Perez truck a few weeks ago, and we hear it all the time. We see it on social media. Hey, you need to do more of these guys. You know, the the backmarker guys, some of the guys with you know little less lesser names. Um, here they are. You know, we're, we're, we're doing some of them. We're not going to do all of them, but the ones that we have the support for and uh, the approvals to do, that's also big to make sure the team and sponsors are all on board with wanting this to be done. Uh, fan input is important, but it is not the sole dri- driver of uh, how these die casts are uh, made available. Um, so if you want to see more drivers like Keith McGee, Brad Perez, maybe some of the guys that don't get a lot of TV time but would make a cool die cast, Here's your opportunity to make sure that happens. The best way to make sure that that happens is to get your order in when they are available for order. So uh, don't miss your chance at any of those cars and trucks in this week's Fresh Paint. And as always, check them out on social media. We post every day whenever we've got a new release. We're posting them to our Instagram story, uh, Facebook, Twitter as well. So uh, follow us at Lionel Racing on all your favorite social media channels. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a star of the NASCAR scene in the Cup Series, Truck Series, Xfinity Series, Modified Series, you name it. If it's got a four wheels and a steering wheel, he's driving it. Ryan Priest coming up next on Authenticated.
Lots of exciting things going on in the life of Ryan Priest these days, from the NASCAR Cup Series to the Xfinity Series to the Truck Series to the Wheel of Modified Tour and just about everything in between. Uh, I talk about it all the time. If it's got four wheels and a steering wheel, probably Ryan Priest wants it in his hand. He wants to be sitting in, sitting in the uh, driver's seat. And uh, joining us here for the first time on Authenticated Ryan Priest, thank you so much for joining us, big guy. Yeah, man. I know you've been you've been getting you know texting me about wanting to do this, and finally this was a good opportunity to come and do it. And we appreciate you doing it kind of on shorter notice because uh, you were in Dover this past weekend running the uh, 15 for Rick Ware Racing. And uh, Mother Nature made that uh, travel plan a little bit different, but uh, you're here with us now and we appreciate it. How was your weekend at Dover? Eventful. Yeah. I went from eight, seven, <clears throat> eight cylinders to seven cylinders, back to eight cylinders. We had two, uh, two right fronts come apart on us and... And a whole lot of other things, but we still uh, we passed a lot of race cars, which I'm plenty fine with. We had a lot of good speed in the car, which was um, nice to be able to be on offense instead of defense. So all in all, uh, the result doesn't show really how I feel about the weekend, but um, I think it I think it was okay just because there was points in the race where we were really fast and passing cars and making ground, and and um, <clears throat> it was a good uh, it was a good opportunity uh, to get in a next-gen race car, which is so different from the previous generation car. Uh, they just, the harder you drive them, the faster you go, and I like that. Uh, and that was going to be my next question, because you ran the Los Angeles Coliseum. Probably nothing can translate from there to Dover, uh, right? At least as far as knowledge of those race cars and how to drive them. Yeah, maybe stepping on the gas and shifting. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Gas is on the right, brakes on the left. Yeah, yeah. kind of one yeah. of those deals, but... Um, with your first experience, actually running from green to checker, um, how are those cars to drive? What what makes them that much more you know difficult or just that much more different than the other cars? Well, they're <clears throat> believe it or not, I noticed more things about that car this time than I did uh, when I went to go race at LA. Uh, the throttle pedal, the brake pedal, everything about the whole pedal assembly—it's a floor-mounted pedal system, which is totally different. Um, it's extremely easy to lock up the front tires and there's a lot of other little things too. But what I really enjoyed about the race car is the independent rear suspension and, and how it works and, and how the cars, um, I've always liked a looser race car in modifieds. And when I went to get in Xfinity, you know, trucks, cup cars, I couldn't get the feel that I want out of a race car out of those cars or, or I just never had the opportunity to where I felt it. Um, and this car, it, it's working. You know, there's so much more to gain from it. I feel like we can keep uh, growing on what we did this past week, but it's just a looser car. It, the harder you drive it in, the better you'll turn the center, and, and the quicker you pick up the gas, the more the car transfers to the right rear and drives off the corner. So it definitely um, has this new school type of um, – you know, younger driver feel to it, which is something, you know, I feel like veteran drivers, um, you know, they're used to steering boxes. They're used to truck arms. And, you know, obviously you have your guys that, that have kind of been diverse and jump from different type of race cars. So they, they adapt really quickly, but, um, you know, your old school driver that, that didn't have that, it's, it's probably been a little bit of a challenge. So getting to Dover, obviously you've raced there before uh, in the Xfinity Series and Cup Series and, and everything like that. D 
did you get much like sim time or anything like that getting ready for that? Because Dover's kind of, uh, you know, from from what I've heard from drivers, uh, you know, it, it's 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 a beast. You know, it's a monster for a reason because of the closing rates and everything like that. Did you get a whole lot of opportunities to kind of figure out how to run that car at that racetrack or did you just kind of throw <clears throat> caution to the wind? Well, um, not being in a car full time, I'm a big boy and I ran about 22 laps in practice and I was definitely holding my breath and I thought to myself, shit, I'm going to have to go 400 laps, man. I'm going to have to go run a few miles or do something here, drink a couple energy drinks. I don't know what I got to do, but, um, ultimately I did get some sim time with Stuart Haas, um, you know, being a part of that program this year and being able to sit in the competition meetings this year, uh, there's a lot of benefits, a lot of things that. You know, I, I I didn't have the opportunity to, to go to the sim uh, with my team and and do some things to really grow on it. So that was something that I was able to do leading up to, to Dover, and I continue to do simulation work for Stuart Haas with other racetracks. So I've, I've got a lot of experience when it comes to sim time. Now, it's still something that, you know, Ford and Stuart Haas is developing, and we're continuing to try and make it um, – a lot closer for drivers because right now, I mean, you guys hear about formula one, right? They, they use sim drivers to mimic, you know, mimic drivers or do changes simultaneously while they're racing. Well, this is all in the building stages over here and, and we're continuing to work on tire modeling and all these other really intricate things, but um, it's definitely a process and it's nice to be a part of it. So that being a part of Stuart Haas Racing, uh, you were here uh, at our office probably, I don't know, maybe three months ago, signing some windshields and things like that. And you said, man, I'm working on something. And But I yeah. think you had been telling me that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and probably within the week, I think, is when uh, the, the um, you know, your deal with Stuart Haas uh, came public. How did that come to be? How, you know, that uh, reserve driver role at Stuart Haas Racing, you know, how did that how did that conversation start, if you can share? Uh, well, it was in the works for a little while. Um, obviously, with the climate of racing, it takes sponsors and, and a lot of great partners. And that was something I had been working on is, um, you know, being from the Northeast and, and having a huge following up there. It, it I had somebody I had a friend, a good friend of mine reach out early um, or late spring last year and and say, hey, I want to try and help you, you know, I want to help you somehow. Let's, you know, let's try and make something happen. And those conversations helped lead into um, meeting a few different people and and ultimately um, securing a sponsorship with United Rentals that that is continuing to grow and, and build on now. And that's why, I mean, I've, I've told a lot of people now, I'll probably be one of your best ambassadors when it comes to, um you know, logo support or, or brand recognition, whatever you'd want to call it as a marketer. I'm not a marketing person, but um, I will live and breathe whatever brand it is. And that's something I've enjoyed actually doing little Instagram and Twitter contests with people of telling them to tag United Rentals equipment. Which has been they huge see, for you, I bet. I've been yeah, following I mean, it along. You, you go to, I mean, you just drive along the highway and sometimes you'll see some stuff and you just got to pull over and snap a picture. But <laughs> It's uh that that's what really started the talks and and obviously Kevin Harvick is a huge um, influence on my career and somebody that I continue to talk to all the time and even today in in the deep or on Tuesday's debrief uh, you know I was texting him during it asking him a few questions and um, he's really somebody who's been pushing really hard 
for to help get me there in that organization and in the Ford camp and ultimately it's where I want to be. I want to be with Stuart Haas Racing because it's full of racers. For example, Reggie Ruggiero, the throwback truck I'm going to be running at Darlington. Reggie works there. <clears throat> so and, and then if you walk through that shop, I mean there's there's a bunch of racers. I have one guy come up to me that works in a machine shop. He he races at Bowman Gray and he was talking to me about modifieds and asking me what I do with mine. And you know, it's just those are cool conversations you get to have when you walk through the shop and you know, guys that yeah, they might not be running at a national level, but they're they're working in the shop and they're around you and they're they relate to you and, and that's what I really like about the Stuart Haas envi- environment is it's racers building race cars for other racers. Well, you think of even the co-owner of the team, Tony Stewart. I mean, the guy's won yeah. modified races at New Smyrna. You know, he's raced at Thompson and, and won there. You know, you think of his match races with Teddy Christopher back up you north. Know you know what I mean? So I was at Thompson when he did his match race. And too. I remember asking Teddy when I was a kid, I was like, hey, <laughs> was that, did you let him win? Like, because I was like nine, I was eight or nine or 10 years old or no, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old at that time. But it's like, I'd love to race Tony in a, in a modified, That'd you know, cool. do a little match race. But that would... It would be pretty cool. But just going back to, you know, the environment that you have there at SHR, even, you know, the the King guy over there, you know, I know he's not at the shop every day, but when he does, I guarantee he's probably going to stop by and say, hey, how'd you run the modified racer? You know, what are you doing? What's the latest trends there? Because if he got another chance, I guarantee he'd probably be in one of those modifieds pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. And you follow, um, you know, you follow his career. I actually have a USAC midget die cast of, of when Tony drove, uh, you know, he had his midgets, but um yeah. Yeah, I've always been a huge fan. I've always been a huge fan of racers just because of where I've grown up and, and um, just appreciating what it takes to to be a racer because racers understand what the, the term racer means. And it's, it's uh, something that if you grow up in that racing world, you truly understand. And, um, yeah. Well, it's funny you talk about the environment at Stuart Haas Racing. Somebody I know that yeah, you know you've raced with over the years, Bobby Miesmer. He worked at Stuart Haas, doesn't any longer, but he was there. You know, you guys have raced wheel to wheel and modifieds. And uh, actually, you you mentioned my hat. I'm wearing one of my son's baseball team hats. I know you can't see it on on the internet radio right now, but one of our assistant coaches is Chad Blunt who works at Stuart Haas Racing, was an ARCA Series driver and stuff like that. Now he coaches baseball, but he's always one of those guys that, you know, I talk short track racing with him because he grew up racing open or uh, racing late models up in Indiana. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's just, no matter where their paths take them, they were yeah. once short track racers in some mm-hmm. way, a lot of these guys. But uh, uh, you touched on a little bit, uh, this truck, um, the number 17 United Rentals throwback that's going to be on track at Darlington Raceway. Uh, just to give, I, I know early in the show, I went on my little soapbox about how this was my favorite paint scheme of all time in any type of race car, because I was, you know, like when I was just talking, I was probably nine or 10 when Reggie was driving this number 44 from Mario Fiore racing on the NASCAR modified tour, won a ton of races. Guy never won a championship. He was got the most wins without any championships, which is a shame in, in his career that he never won a championship, but he finished second in the championship, maybe a couple of two, three times, probably. But my favorite paint scheme of all time was the Teddy Bear Pools number 44. And, Ryan, you're going to run a throwback truck to that paint scheme. How did that come about? Well, we were sitting there thinking about, like, uh, hey, what are we going to do for a throwback? Uh, United Rentals was all for it. They wanted to be a part of it. And and, um, that's when the conversation started to be had. And all of a sudden it came up with the fact, like, I thought about it. Like, Reggie works at the shop. His colors match United Rentals with, yeah. with the Teddy Bear Pools uh, 44. Obviously, we couldn't run the 44, right? 
But it was I felt like it was a great opportunity to recognize Reggie because Reggie didn't race at the national level, but Reggie was a badass. Yeah. Um, you know, from where we're from, it's just like if you go to watch, you know, dirt racing or open wheel midgets or late model racing, everybody's kind of got their 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 you know legends from that era or whatever. <clears throat> well, I felt like this was a great opportunity to you know I'm from the Northeast. I race modifieds. Reggie's known me since I was a little kid, so I wanted to I wanted to recognize him and and surprise him. And for the people that know Reggie, he's not a man of emotion, so <laughs> we actually surprised him. In the Stuart Haas Auditorium, they they told him that, hey, we're going to just do a social media clip here of you and Ryan talking racing and all this stuff. And that was when we actually surprised him. And he looked at me, and you could tell in his eyes it was really cool. But he just had this, like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, yeah. I mean, that was as good of a reaction as you could definitely get. And, And I was pretty pumped about it. And I'm really excited to be running this scheme. I actually was at Stafford Motor Speedway for the Sizzler. And I don't want to be, you know, talking long about things on this podcast, but... Hey, we've got nothing but time, brother. <laughs> so, um, I was racing Old Blue, and it was, you know, probably an hour or two before we get going, and Ted Hebert, who owned uh, Teddy Bear Pools, comes up to me, hey, do you know who I am? And I, he introduced himself, and I had heard his name, and I was like, man, I, I know you from, like, I know your name. And he's like, yes, I actually am Teddy Bear Pools. And I'm like, oh, no way. And we started talking, he actually... Gave me the whole story on on how he sponsored Mario Fiore and Reggie and how it was only going to be a one race thing and then it ended up being much more and and it was pretty wild so it was cool to hear that and and I also happened to take a picture with the entire Teddy Bear Pools uh, Mario Fiore number forty four team minus Reggie and Mario because right. they weren't at Stafford but that entire team that won that race in nineteen eighty seven they were at Stafford at the Sizzler and I took a picture with them which I thought was pretty cool that is, that is awesome. really cool and and for fans that might not know modified history Mario Fiore was the owner of that number forty four <laughs> car from probably in the at least the seventies maybe even back to the sixties uh, number forty four modifieds and owned modifieds forever um passed away a handful of years ago probably um but uh and, and reggie was his star driver i remember after teddy bear pools magnum racing oils was his sponsor it was a neon green car again you know when you're talking to 10 to 11 year old kid you put a neon green car out there you're going to get excited about it so that was another car that i was really into back in the day and also had the shark lounge sponsorship back in day when he raced in new smyrna and yep. old school racers will know what the shark lounge is we're not gonna this is a family show we're not going to get into what the shark lounge is but it was a bar right <laughs> Yeah, it was a uh, it was an establishment in uh, in Daytona yeah. Beach, but uh, it's it, funny that you say these things about like so when you when you think back to your past like going and watching you have your you know number forty four Teddy Bear Pools car that really really made an impact on you right mm. mine was um, a few different ones which being from the Northeast I was a modified guy right but. Really, uh, one that made an impact on me growing up was actually when I used to go out to Indianapolis when I raced as a kid was Dave Steele. Yeah. Dave Steele was actually a hero of mine. Like, I loved his, his uh, he would run, you know, obviously the 9 for Bob East and the 91. And, and also, every year <clears throat> at New Smyrna, he would show up and they had wing sprint cars on Monday and Tuesday night of the 10, 10-day 10 speed weeks. Which was badass it was badass but what was even more badass is dave Steele would start last and drive around the outside of everyone and it was a gold leaf 91 it had superman on the hood and this guy would just rip everyone and what i really 
enjoyed about Dave is that <clears throat> not only did I see him kick everyone's ass there, but I also watched him at the Indianapolis Speedrome, you know, years prior, and he was, you know, basically it was him and one other guy there, and he was working, and he had his laptop hooked up. Like, he was just zoned in, and, and he won there, too, won that night. And it was just like th- those are moments that impact you as a kid to want to be more than just, you know, for me as a racer, it made me want to be more than just somebody who held a steering wheel. It made me want to build race cars and, and do that. I'm glad you brought that up because that's another thing that uh, I wanted to mention is that whether it's your modifieds, and I know you've got a couple of cars in, in your house garage and your uh, Morton Buildings building over at the house, right? right? How's that sponsor plug? Do I get chug points for that one for dropping you that do. for you? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, you got some modifieds there. You got a super late model that you raced down in New Smyrna with this past uh, over the winter in February. Um, but even still on the cup car, I, I've seen pictures on social media. You're underneath the car in your fire suit working uh, on it yeah <laughs> well that, i don't know if that's out of necessity or supposed to be doing that but that was um we made the race which was like a friggin' accomplishment yeah. right um we actually ended up winning that last chance qualifier and then it was basically like myself tommy baldwin who's another modified guy and it's yep. just like three of us and i'm like shit guys we got we have like five minutes nascar officials are coming over yelling screaming like hey gotta hurry up I'm like, cause I'm, I'm a very, um, intense person at the racetrack, very zoned in the whole thing. So I start grabbing, you know, uh, what would you even call it? It's a one socket to take off the tire now. Yeah. So I grab an impact and I'm just taking them off. We're taking what we're taking wedge out of the car. Like I'm doing all this stuff too. And meanwhile, one of the officials comes over and says, Hey man, you have to get over to driver intros. Like I said, I'm 200 pounds. Like, I'm a big boy. I <laughs> sprinted from one end of the Coliseum yeah. to the other. And, yeah, the inside might be a quarter mile, but however long that distance was felt really freaking yeah, long. You were, like, two blocks away, it seemed yeah. like, right, where oh, the yeah. garage area was. Meanwhile, I guess I could have taken a bus or taken a bus. I was a little early, but uh, he definitely he definitely scared me that I was going to be late. But it was cool. But but that's something that I, I think you enjoy. Like you like <laughs> to you like to know the nuts and bolts and how everything works. You know, like you said you're not the kind of guy that just shows up with your helmet and says, you know, where's my car? You know, cold trickle style. You want to actually <laughs> yeah. you, you want to know what you're running. You know, I I always um <clears throat> I, I liked cold trickle. Like I have a helmet painted as him but as i've grown up i want to be more like rowdy burns yeah. you know what i mean yeah. i want to be the badass i want to be you know everybody kind of needs a villain every now and then so i don't mind uh playing that role well and it's refreshing that you still want to work on your cars because yeah. that kind of you know goes back to when you know people like dale senior and everybody used to take their cars to the track on their own trailers and work on their own stuff and there's not a lot of hate to say it's a lot of drivers who do that anymore so having you know, your passion to do that is very refreshing to see. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, the the best photo that I've ever seen, and I'm sure it's pretty famous, obviously. Everybody's seen it, is when Dale is sticking his foot under the left front door yeah. to make ride height, right? Have you ever seen that? I don't think so. That, that's, that's one of those clever little tricks that the old school racers knew. Like, you just, you know, the car's on the scales, and he has his foot underneath the door lifting it up. So it, it can... But, um... <clears throat> I'm sure if people went back and looked at photos, you'll see kind of the similar moments with me, and and you know it's little tricks like that that are uh, that make that make it fun. Well, it, it's it's one of those things that you pick up over time, right? Because you are in the tech line with your guys, you are putting the cars together, so you kind of know, and, and you run 
certainly some of these modified tours in the series long enough, you kind of know what the officials are looking for and what they're not looking for. And <laughs> it's not even really that. It's more of um, it's. It's just the fun things that you can notice in photos is really right. what, you know, if somebody was looking for certain things, and I'm not talking about it at a national level. On, I'm just talking about it at uh, different levels. Yeah. Um, there's ways. It, it's, I don't even know how to really put it, but it's, uh, for the ones that, that are paying attention, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can notice certain things. Yeah, I'm with you. So... While we're speaking here in our studio at our Lionel Racing headquarters, uh, we have presented Ryan with the prototype die cast of his Hunt Brothers Pizza number 17 sweet. Uh, Ford F-150 that went to Victory Lane at Nashville Super Speedway last year. And uh, that was probably one of the more popular um, truck series wins of 2021. <clears throat> and uh, probably one of the more popular wins in Ryan Priest's career, too, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> take me back, uh, gosh, it was maybe... Uh, 10 months ago or so to that race. Um, how, you know, what are well, some, what are some of your takeaways from that race and, and being able to go to victory lane in the NASCAR camping world truck series? Well, I remember after practice, I was like 14th or 13th. I'm like, shit, like, come on, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta pick this up. Like it was just a tough, um, tough part of my career at that point. It was one of those things. Like if something could go wrong, it could, it would. And, um, practice i remember we had a good truck it was just really me in practice i've never been somebody to have sheer speed i'm always more on the timid side to make sure we get into qualifying and and don't destroy a truck just because of the scenarios that i've been in in my career at a national level i haven't had the opportunities that some of these guys have had where you're where you're at you know uh, manufacturer supported team and i always had to worry about wrecking the car or if it unloaded wrong like making sure it stayed in control to come in. So I haven't had the opportunity to, to do those things. So we went into qualifying. We qualified really well, ran really well all night, and finally got in position to win the race, and we did. And um, that night really kind of changed the direction of what my career seemed to be like it was heading and, and helped create more opportunities for where I am today and, and get the buzz going again because, I mean, not many people win in their first start in anything. Right. So that was uh, that was really cool. And and even at that point, DGR had only had one one win in the truck series, and it was a few years prior. So um, it, was a, it was a good thing for them uh, just because it proved their equipment. Again, obviously, it showed that, hey, we, we have speed in these in these trucks. And, and Ford, you know, obviously they were happy. And Hunt Brothers, it was the first time they were in victory lane in a while. So to be able to get them a guitar from Nashville in their home city, uh, that's where their headquarters are, that that meant even more. So I've, you know, been very lucky to um, establish a lot of a lot of friendships and, and meet new people and, and continue to build on those friendships and all those things. Got some damage on that car, on that truck, and the left rear. Uh, left right rear, rear? Bu- is it the right rear? Okay, it's the right rear. Okay, well, you would know better than right. I would. Yeah, <laughs> my left, you're right. Uh, where did that come from? Do you remember? Yeah, when I blocked Grand Endfinger on the uh, front stretch when we passed them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Whatever it took that day, right? That's so, right. Uh, Checkers or wreckers? That's right. Uh, minus the wreckers part, we definitely wanted to win that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it, it's really cool how you guys are able to to really, I mean, every piece of rubber is probably exactly where it was on the race car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Our, so that's amazing. Our, our our artists will take photos uh, that someone from their at the racetrack takes of every corner, every inch of that truck and car, uh, and will replicate every piece of confetti, every scratch, every dent, every ding. Sometimes if there's enough damage, we can even cut some fenders and things like that if they're really torn off in a burnout or something like that. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a really talented team of artists that put all that stuff together. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not your first race win. Uh, we, we, did, we sold a bunch of those JGR, the yeah. number 20 cars, that was the Mizzy construction car. That was, man, that's one of my favorites. So I don't know if you know this, but up in my office, uh, upstairs from where we are, all I have in my die cast shelves, I've got three or four shelves, and it's only drivers that I'm friends with or I work with in some way on the short track level and stuff yep. like that. That is that is P number one. That's front and center on there because yeah. because I know what that win meant to you, what it meant to modified fans, and you know, and the whole bet on yourself crowd, right? Because that that was the epitome of betting on yourself when you went to those JGR handful of starts and and performed really well in those cars. So it's wild to think now um, of that whole scenario and and how it played out because um, it could have went a whole bunch of different ways and and not like it did, but. Uh, what's even more crazy is the fact that there was people that I raced hard with week in and week out that we had rivalries. Like we'd probably, you know, beat each other if, um, if we could at the track and they were even happy for me, which was interesting. Some were happy. Apparently they bet on me, which I didn't know about. (laughs) I made them money, but, um, you know, it was just that, that was a, a moment that I needed for my career. I proved to a lot of people at that time that, you know, I can get the job done, um, and, and it's a tough situation when you when you don't have the funding to go and run uh, with a top tier team. You get put in certain situations, and you have to you have to go race certain certain cars. And you know it was great for for seat time for sure. Um, it just and where I was in my career and and what I wanted to do and winning races and and kind of trying to do it in an old school way of outrunning your you know Ross Chastain and I were teammates at at um Johnny Davis Motorsports and we were doing the same thing we were trying to and ultimately we have different paths but we we met along the way right and and gotten pretty much to where we've wanted to be um different ways, but we started together. So it's cool. And, and Ross, to be honest with you, when I was at JD, I remember there was times where he'd say to me, man, I, you know, I could rip the bottom, but he could rip the top. And at that point in time, I didn't have a lot of experience running the outside on a mile and a half. So it was just like, damn, how do you do that? And, and, um, so we've just, uh, we've definitely had, um, you know, a friendly relationship since then. And, and, uh, you know, when he wins, I definitely shoot him a text message and say, hey, man, good job. Really happy for you. Stop smashing watermelons. They're hard to get right now. <laughs> yeah, they're expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they are not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that, that's really cool. And what's really neat is to see those guys that, I don't want to say that it's neat to see guys that struggled now have success but you almost have to it's rare just to you know unless you're the ty gibbs of the world who again are kind of in a different spot than than, than you and ross chastain are right but it, it's hard to just show up in the top three series and go out and win you have to yeah. suck for a while almost in order to prove you know to do it the right way well some people can suck for, <clears throat> some people can struggle for a while some people can't right uh, some people have to perform right away and that's ultimately what I've pretty much had to do when I get my opportunities is what Ross has had to do when he gets his. And, um, you know, that's what pretty much sets yourself apart from some of these other guys, I think. And you want to know at the same time, 
when you look at it in other scenarios, when when you see scenarios, when you see um, when you see some of these guys that get opportunities, you know, year after year. If I could get that, I'd want it too. So it's not like I, you know, sometimes you 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 wish you had that too, but at the same time, the path that I've had to where I am now has made me a better person because of it and and really appreciate that much more when I do get these opportunities to go out and, and try and win races. Let's talk schedule. I know you just got off the plane pretty much from Dover. Uh, what is your next opportunity when the next time you're going to be in one of the top three series here friday that's right darlington. darlington we were just talking about that yep. be, <laughs> beyond darlington uh cup and xfinity side what are we looking at there um so the next xfinity race and cup race will be the 600 weekend at charlotte right down the road yep. which is right across the street anyways um so that'll be that one and then there is the next xfinity race after that would be nashville so that's that's it for those um unless something changes uh but i do have quite a few truck races coming up uh between nash or not nashville well yeah i'm doing nashville truck too uh there's darlington texas possibly charlotte i guess that might be added so i might be doing three races that weekend are you prepared Um, for that yeah. 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 Good. I've been preparing my entire life. I'm a big boy. Like I said, <laughs> I, I keep the water. Uh, that's that's <laughs> but, what I like um, to hear. Well, that was wild, actually. So my wife looked at me last night and said, man, you look gassed. I said, yeah, I just ran 400 laps on one friggin' water bottle. <laughs> oh, like, my. Yeah. And um, but I was I mean, you'll see some of these guys are really skinny in shape. Right. And yeah. and they get out and they're pretty wore out. But I can get out of that car and I'm I'm usually in pretty pretty good shape and ready to keep going so uh i would definitely say i'm in race shape well and and that's the thing too you don't just race in those you know nascar (laughs) national series you're running your modified you're running your late model and you know there was probably points in your career where you were probably running 50 times a a week between stafford thompson and waterford and everywhere else well that's that's something i've i've actually so around the country a lot of these guys they run 40 lap shootouts i don't run 40 lap shootouts i run 150 lap races you know everything's long distance uh ran the snowball derby that was 300 laps back in december and that was um you know i was lucky enough to work with chris gabehart somebody who i've developed a good relationship with i won that race at iowa that you were talking about with him and he came down and and crew chiefed me there and um you know every time we came in it was like you want a water bottle no i'm good let's go i didn't have an air conditioner i didn't have anything i'm just ready to go you know elbows ups um and uh, we came really close. I felt like uh, if we had a long run, we had a shot at trying to win that race. But the fe- going back to what you were talking about, we I built that car in like, I think it was like 22 days. Yeah. And it was a lot of freaking late nights, early mornings. Um, I didn't realize the challenge that it was like everybody when I was telling them, hey, yeah, I'm going to get this done. You know, no problem. Because I didn't receive the car until like November 2nd. And I remember them looking at me like, are you sure you're going to be able to get this done? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I do this all the time. I can build a modified in like three days. It's no big deal. You have. I have. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I was wrong. That was a lot of freaking work. And <laughs> it's like the moment of where I usually would be done or close to being done with a modified, it was like another 40 or 50 hours worth of work or more. So that was a challenge. And then, um, yeah, so there was just a lot of things I've learned with uh, super late model racing and, and kind of the etiquette of it and how the cars are set up. And it's actually, I felt, made me a better race car driver for what we're doing now. 
and getting a car ready for the snowball derby that's not just a you know 75 lap or a hickory that is that is you got to be right when you show up there because they're sending just as many cars home from that race as they are qualifying for it so yeah i didn't just invest like ninety thousand dollars in a race car to go and not qualify for the biggest race of the year i mean there's guys that are nervous about making and i'm just like yeah no sweat we'll be all right chris (laughs) yeah right right yeah and it was port city car too right brand new port city car it was a brand new port city car never been run me and bubba pollard were the only ones with it and um yeah, it ran really well. Yep. Uh, how many more super late model races do you have this year? Um, that changes daily. <laughs> uh, I plan. It's tough. I'd like to do three, maybe four. Snowball uh, again? Uh, the Snowball Derby would be one of them. Got it. Um, the All-American 400, which is in Nashville, yep. I believe, yep. uh, at the end of the year. And then I'm debating on doing the Slinger Nationals in July or um, seeing, you know, kind of the details on the North Wilkesboro race that they're supposed to have. So, I mean, believe it or not, I have to worry about diesel price, and that's pretty expensive right now. So I'm uh, absolutely I'm uh, I'd love to go to Slinger. But if I'm going to pick two far away events, it's probably going to be Nashville and uh, the Snowball. Yeah. So if you ever need a catch can, man, like you did in the 2008 Snowball Derby. You're on it? I, I, I'm on it again. I made, I made the Lake Five Flags over there. Me and Matthew Dillner were the, uh, he was the gas man. I was the catch can man on that BDI racing car, and we sucked. But uh, you ran really good, so that was that's yeah. one way more important than our pit stop suckiness. This year, we had, uh, most people have dry brake, like the big fuel can that yeah. you, you know push in. We didn't have that. We had five-gallon jugs that we were just trying to <laughs> dump in simultaneously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. See, I was a real man. I did in the live pit stop days. Like, the yeah. guys now, they, you know, with those controlled cautions. But uh, uh, let's talk modified real racing real quick. And, and Carlene and Alex in the, in the room, they just kind of look at me funny when I start talking modified racing, but it's exciting. I can tell. You and I are going back and forth, and they're just along for the show right here. No. I mean, I worked at Concord. I saw a couple modified races out there. That's right. You know, I heard that place sold pretty cheap, relatively speaking, for what it was, correct? Like, probably a million and a half or something like that. I know that they had been asking a ridiculous amount of money previous. No, previously. Oh, okay. Um, But never nothing ever happened and then uh, we're talking about concord motorsport park or concord speedway a uh, little tri-oval half mile track high bank probably i don't know as far as modifieds and late models go it's about as harrowing of a racetrack i mean it, it, it is wide open yeah. it is Hold crazy the throttle wide open through that trial right right um <clears throat> shut down five years ago maybe and it's been yeah. sold it's basically a junkyard now um and it's a real shame because I was a show place. You know, North South Shootout was there for a long time. They always run the NASCAR and Southern Wheel and Southern Modified Tour there. Uh, past Super Late Models, all that. Uh, it was a really cool racetrack. And what I was getting at is if I knew, like, if I had the opportunity to buy it at that time or before it ended up getting sold, I would have. Because I would have loved to keep that racetrack, yeah. you know, around because it was such a, um, it was so different from some of the Southern racetracks down here. I don't enjoy racing at some of these southern tracks as much right. as some people do, just because uh, from where I'm from, the asphalt's so grippy. Uh, you race hard every single lap. Here, it's more about managing tires and, and all that stuff, where Concord was like the best of both worlds. It was it would wear your tires out, but you had to drive. like You had to push it as hard as you could, and it was just uh, it was a really special place, so it was unfortunate that we all lost it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So let, let me ask you this again, just going back real quick on the modified front. Running Old Blue up at Stafford in the uh, um, Spring Sizzler, the greatest race in the history of spring, right? You said the right things on the Flow Racing broadcast afterwards about how it was a great race with you and Matty Hirschman, which it was. You know, you guys are, you know, two of the most elite modified racers, no doubt about it. You were a little ticked off that you didn't get that SRX bid by winning that race, though, weren't you? Yeah, you know, it'll be cool to see Matt do it. Yeah, you know, it will. Um, I definitely think as far as modified, talking modified racing right now, Matt and his father and that entire, they're just, they're on it. It's attention to detail. Um, some people like to point, you know, and say things and, you know, how do you, how do you win all these races? You know, every time you show up for money, it's, it's called paying attention yeah. and it's, you know, paying attention is free. So, uh, like if you go back, you can, you can see little things that, you know, I didn't notice before and it's like, okay, we can maximize this and maximize that. And it's all playing within the rules. So, and, and ultimately, Matt is a smart race car driver. He's not just, you know, he doesn't just have a fast race car. He, he, um, he's somebody who manages the race really well. And uh, that's why if you go and watch that race, I beat him to the front because I wanted to make him try to get around me. Right. I didn't want to have to do it the other way. So um, we were able to take him, you know, I think I passed him and Silk on the same lap and, and took control of that race for a little while. He just... He's has such a fast race car, and ultimately, if he wasn't there, I would have dominated the end of the race. And and if I wasn't there, he would have destroyed everybody too. So we we had two really equal race cars, and and you know at the end of the day, it was like it was it was as close to a Rocky movie as you could have. Yeah. I mean, the final restarts, he restarted on the bottom, I took the lead. I restarted on the bottom, he took the lead, and then we had a you know two lap shootout where we just raced hard to uh, to the end and you know i didn't wreck him and he didn't wreck me we nudged nerf bars and and we uh we made it exciting for the fans that's for sure how much more modified racing you got planned this year quite a bit good um yeah i'm building that car so i don't i plan on on you know going up there and having some fun good deal uh are you gonna race down south at all do any more smart tour races or anything like that with it i think there's a chance yeah. um a lot you know a lot of it comes down to it. it's a lot of you know i do a lot of the work and um in all your spare time, right? In all my spare time. I was just thinking about how I'm supposed to go pick up a radiator today up in Mooresville, but I'm not going to get there in time, so I got to do it tomorrow. But um, it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to do some of the stuff that I do, but I enjoy doing it, and that's why I do it. So, um, yeah, I don't really know yet. I'm going to try and get through the summer months first, and, okay. and we'll just reevaluate. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Daniel Hemrick in, uh, in studio talking to him, and uh, you and he have very similar paths right like kind of just doing the short track stuff winning races as much as you can trying to do you know meet the right people put yourself in the right positions and uh, and things like that but where you and daniel are also very similar is that your wives did Race. a lot of the same things yeah. that you did yep. uh you know what i mean you met your wife at stafford right uh, when she was racing sk lights or something right oh yeah yeah so yeah. i mean how important I made is a great impact on her when she first met me apparently i was a real jerk <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to work out for you. It it seemed to work out, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But how important is that? That, uh, you know, is she able to separate Ryan, the husband, from Ryan, the racer? Or, you know, do you guys talk shop, you know, uh, at the house? Or do you leave leave your helmet at the door and and it's all gone from there? No. Yeah. No. She (laughs) tells me exactly what I did wrong all the time, especially yesterday. You're at the cup race, apparently. But um, no, she's awesome because, I mean, she understands. She she knows it takes the entire thing. And, 
you know, she gets frustrated like I do sometimes. And, and, uh, but that's, you know, obviously I married her because she's as competitive as I am. And, and I enjoy that, you know, we've, we've gone down this or up and down on this roller coaster together this entire time. Um, you know, she's made a lot of those 12 hour trips with me, uh, through the night where, you know, they've been a lot shorter for her just cause she's falling asleep and we wake up and she's there and miraculously, you know, <laughs> she's well rested while I'm half asleep. But, uh, <laughs> It's, um, you know, it, it, you work hard together, you're a team, and, and um, she definitely helps me. Uh, there's times where she'll go pick up parts or she'll come out to the race shop and help me tighten up certain, like, on that super light model, I couldn't, you know, be on the outside of the car and tighten up a windshield. I had to be inside it, and she would come out and do that with me. So we're a team. To emphasize the team effort, not only she help you with the races, but you help her with the animals at the house too, don't you? Yeah, um, <laughs> but I don't shovel poop. Uh, we have a lot of horses, or we have three horses. Uh, we actually have a lot of friggin' animals. We call it the um, oh, something anchor acres, uh, whatever. I don't know, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's. Um, she enjoys animals. She's an animal lover. Every animal we have is a rescue, which I think is pretty cool, and. Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely fun. You know, she's got nine acres, and I have a half acre for my shop. So oh, that's all you need, right? Yeah, that's yeah. all you yeah. need. Yeah. But um, really cool stuff, Ryan. Uh, we we definitely appreciate you coming in here, especially on on a short week. You know, coming right off of Dover, going right to uh, Darlington here in a couple of days, and um, wish you a lot of luck at, at Darlington because uh, I know Reggie's going to be watching that race too. Probably, I hope he. I don't know if he, is he going to go to that race. Do you know, or is he just going to be watching on TV? Maybe. I well, I hope he comes yeah. i mean it would be nice to to get him there so he can come watch and, and be a part of it um we'll see that would be a good question to ask him tomorrow when i see him yeah yeah <laughs> for sure but uh uh really cool that uh united rentals is allowing you to do that and uh hope it goes really well hope the rest of the season goes well see some more victory maybe a couple more uh race win die cast in your hand and uh every time you win so the last guy that was in here um who was the last guy that went? Oh, Noah Gregson was the last one that we did we had on the podcast. And that week he won. I'm not saying anything, but the show's worth two tenths. So just, Okay, deal. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> we'll see, we'll yeah. see how that works out for you. If it doesn't work out, it's not my fault, I promise. But uh, no, I wish you a lot of luck there. And uh, with all the future races that you got on your plate this year. And uh, keep winning races, man. And uh, come back and see us again soon. Absolutely. Good deal. Ryan Priest. Driver of the number 17 truck, the number 15 Cup Series. What number are you in the Xfinity Series? I don't even know yet. Good luck. Do you know yet? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that changes all the time. That's right. That's right. So uh, no matter what, check for Ryan Priest at a racetrack near you, maybe in a modified or the Cup Series, Truck Series, or Xfinity Series. You will see him at a track near you soon. We'll be right back here with more on the show this week on Authenticated. Thank you so much for Ryan Priest joining us here on Authenticated this week. He certainly has a lot of cool stuff going on. And uh, we're going to finish up the show this week, as we always do, with our last lap highlight of the week. And I'm going to start with Carlene. What was your last lap highlight of the week? My last lap highlight of this week is Chris Buescher getting his first career cup poll because I think that is just so exciting for the RFK team. It's a big morale boost, but also just for Chris in general. You could see on his face how truly pumped he was. So I'm going to have to say that that feel-good moment was my last lap highlight. I like that. Yeah, that was really good. I was really happy for him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Former authenticated uh, guest. And, First live show guest. And and he's been stepping his game up. Noah appears. Noah Gregson appears on our podcast, wins the next week. 
let's see let's see how this works out for ryan and then we're gonna have the entire nascar garage waiting you know our phones are gonna be buzzing saying hey we need to be on your show because we gotta start running better so let's see how that works out blaney's next no i think we should have brad first (laughs) sure you could probably cut that (laughs) that's probably get us in trouble nope Okay. Consider it done. Awesome. Locked and loaded. All right, Alex, what's your last lap highlight? So um, it got, it ran on track Sunday and Monday, uh, but Ross Chastain had a Pitbull World Tour car, also promoting Pitbull's new single that came out on Friday featuring Zach Brown. Yes, the Zach Brown from the Zach Brown Band. And if you actually listen to the song as well as watching that cool car go around the track and it finished in the top five, um, he does mention track house and NASCAR. So it does have perks to being a part-time or part NASCAR owner in the NASCAR series. A part-time, part-time. Yeah, owner. exactly. Part-time. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide is, he's all over the place. It's worldwide. Exactly. What about you, Matt? What was yeah, your what's last your last time? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I, first of all, I can't wait to go hear this Pitbull song. With, uh, it's actually really good. With Zach Brown. It's like, uh, when I first heard about that, I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, Jimmy Kimmel does, or Jimmy Fallon, I think, does, like, that wheel of random artists. Like, what two random artists can we put together to make a song? Zach Brown and Pitbull. Yeah, sure, let's give it a shot. But uh, I trust Alex's musical uh, knowledge, so... Thank you. Uh, well, I, I, I trust it in the sense that if it sucks, I know I can go to you and say, Dev, never suggest another song to me again, and you won't take any offense to it. So at least mm, I, yeah, I maybe. But, um, so I'm going to be a total homer again. Um, Here we go. Yeah, talking about my geekiness about modified racing, but uh, seeing so many teams, especially on Darlington Throwback Weekend, uh, use modified and modified drivers as their base. Certainly Ryan Priest with that Reggie Ruggiero, Teddy Bear Pools, uh, United Rentals truck that he's running uh, in the truck series uh, this weekend. But uh, uh, the Emerling Gase Motorsports uh, Xfinity Series team is running it with, their, uh, with their car at Darlington. It's going to look like... Um, Richie Evans's modifieds from back in the day and actually BR DeWitt, uh, which is the company that sponsored Richie Evans for so long while he was winning all of his NASCAR championships. Uh, the family, the DeWitt family is actually sponsoring that car at Darlington. So it's going to have Richie Evans's paint scheme. It's going to have the stripes and the number fonts going to be very similar to Richie 61. And it's going to have BR DeWitt on the uh, quarter panels as well. And uh, I just saw, um, I don't know how legit it is or whatnot, but it looks like Rick Ware Racing is going to do some kind of Mike Stefanik tribute as well. Of course, Stefanik went into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, unfortunately, posthumously uh, just last year. And, uh, you know, hero of mine was Mike Stefanik and uh, looks like one of the old Burnham boilers. Um, it was a modified as well as the NASCAR Bush North Series car that Stefanik won championships in uh, with Burnham boilers on the side. It looks like number 51 might be uh, one of the Rick Ware racing uh, throwbacks as well. So uh, uh, for guys like me that have moved south and away from the modified scene a little bit, it's really cool to see the modified, uh, you know, generations of modified still living on uh, in throwback form at, at Darlington Raceway this year. So. Uh, I think that's going to call it a day for us here on Authenticated. We appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, we will, again, keep following us on social media. We've got a lot of cool stuff, some TikToks to come, and uh, even Ryan Priest might be the star of one here coming soon, so uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. And hopefully you saw Jimmy Johnson on our TikTok last week. Uh, that was a lot of fun having Jimmy in the studio uh, or in the, in the office uh, signing some diecasts. That was really cool to have uh seven-time champ in the house and uh, with Ryan here today. Certainly appreciate him and his time uh, for joining us. And uh, we will talk to you when we meet again soon in about two weeks here on the next episode of Authenticated. 
Follow Lionel Racing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And shop Diecast 24-7 at lionelracing.com. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.